0: How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Offside Report. It's been a massive two weeks in football. The Premier League final day, it went down to the wire for the title, the top four race, the relegation battle, and then, of course, uh, the one still fresh in the wounds for Liverpool supporters, including myself, the Champions League final the other day. There's plenty to unpack. And with me, as always, to help me dissect all the action is Al Jensen and Mitch Ball. Boys, how are you going, Mitch? You've got a smile on your face because Liverpool lost. Is that right?
1: It's very true. There's no, it's there's not a doubt in my mind. It's because of that. <laughs> um And Courtois, what a keeper! What a keeper!
0: Yeah, no nah, credit, with credit, Stu. We'll get into that in a moment. But Al, how are you going? How's your week in football been?
2: Yeah, pretty good, mate. Uh Pretty happy with obviously the we'll we we'll go over the final day of the season. Yep. Um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually at the A League Grand Final at the weekend as well. Oh yeah,
0: I wouldn't mind asking you. Actually, How, I'll ask you now. How did that go? How did you find the A League Grand Final? Twenty-two thousand people there were there, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, not not full capacity. Um, they had one of the one of the stands or one of the tiers just empty. Mm. Uh, obviously, you didn't see that on the on the two e. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good. I mean, like. To be honest with you, Western United were, were far superior. They didn't mm-hmm. really need, need to do much. It wasn't much of the spectacle, uh, but, you know, Melbourne City or Melbourne Heart, as they kept on singing. <laughs> did they really? Uh, they, yeah, yeah, they did, yeah. They still got a heart song. Uh, yeah, they didn't really have much. In fact, they didn't have one shot on target. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty... You Know the quality wasn't that great, but you know, great, great win for Alawisi absolutely,
0: yeah, historic win. Second, uh, this is their third season in the A League, so yeah, unbelievable. Mitch, how did you feel about only seeing 22,000 at the A League grand final? I reckon there was more people, uh, in one of the pubs in Melbourne watching Liverpool later in the night, but yeah, 22,000 didn't seem like that much for two Victorian teams.
1: Uh, look. And then you've got two Victorian teams with one of them being very new and they're, they're both new clubs effectively. You know, Melbourne was just a one-club town with, with Victory and then they've come in and put another two squads in. So it was always going to be stretched. You've got a new team that doesn't even have a, a pride, their own home ground, so to speak. I mean, City and Victory play together at Eden Park, but now you've got three clubs playing out of there. So I think until really Western United properly move out to the West where they um, are from or, you know, are, are there you know, you won't see a real core fan base yet. And then you've got Melbourne City who will, you know, the plans are supposedly for them to come out to Daniel, And then once they're there, then you'll see a real strong base because the kids growing up now will go, well, they're my local team. And they are a little bit more now. You've obviously got um, Melbourne City's home ground or their training facilities just down the road in Casey from me. And, you know, there's a lot of young kids coming around wearing city tops because city are offering coaching out of there. They're offering, you know, school camps and everything. So they're really trying to get, you know, a good base of fans down here. And once that happens, then we'll fill... Amy Park for every Melbourne team. But until that stage, it's just not going to happen. But for me, I, and it's, I think it was the first A-League game I watched all year. Some very interesting things. And uh, now, because you were there and you, you could see everything. Did Was it obvious at the game that Josh Risden was injured and couldn't run? Or was that just something you could just tell on TV? The um, Western United fullback. You couldn't really notice it, to be honest with you. Right. Okay, because on broadcast, that man could not run. And City ignored it and kept going down the other side of the field. And I I couldn't piece that together. I couldn't also work out why Kiz kept playing the ball over the top when West United have a six foot four centre half. But yeah. there's little things you you watch and you go, really? Is that your game plan? Let's let's play the ball over the really tall guy. That's good. Yeah, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't have much of
2: anything else apart from that, to be honest mm. with you. And again, as I said, no shots on target really. So it 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 was a poor, poor display. From the plate winners as well, you would have thought they would have done at least got got something great
0: in premiers as well.
2: Yeah, um, it was pretty disappointing.
0: Mm. Now, well said from both of you, but let's get on to uh the other final played later that night the Europa Champions League and Real Madrid took home their 14th European Cup. It pains me to say, but yeah, credit where credit's due, they are the masters when it comes to cup finals. And they are the masters of Europe, really. Um, And they showed that you don't need to dominate a game um, to ultimately win. I think they had one shot on target as opposed to Liverpool's nine. And obviously that one shot led to their only uh, goal that uh, won them the Champions League. So, Mitch, as I said, uh, you would have been happy with this result because you just hate Liverpool. But um, what did you make of the game?
1: Don't hate Liverpool. I just hate some of their fans. Let's get that very clear. Um, oh look, it was a good it was a good spectacle. I I know people will say oh, it wasn't a great game because neither team were oh, sorry, only one team was really trying to go forward. But welcome to cup football, welcome to finals football. You know, if mm. if you score early, why wouldn't you try and defend that or hold it out and then catch them on the break? Because you've got the players to do it. Like they definitely do have the players to catch teams, or to you know catch a defense snapping, or catch someone that's pressed up too high. So, you know that's welcome to winning games. That's why they're good at it. They know how to, they know what to do once they're in that position. And you know, I personally, I think Liverpool have done not the exact same, but very similar. They would have sat back deep too, and invited it and because they would have backed their defenders in Van Dijk and um, Kuna, I think it Kunatte back there,
3: would oh, so, have yeah. backed
1: them both to just hold out and keep them at you know keep Real Madrid at bay. So mm. that's, that's finals football. Welcome to when you get a, when it comes down to one match, you'll see teams get in a position to win and sit back and go, great, what are you going to do now? Mm. And it's just, that's what it is. That's, that's when it goes down to one match. The Premier League would be the exact same if it had a final series too. Yeah. And Al Thibaut Courtois,
0: you touched on him a little bit earlier, but I mean, what a game he had. He essentially won it for Real Madrid unbelievable display of goalkeeping, the saves he made. And he said he wants to, uh, he wanted to uh, make a statement to the English, uh, I guess, fan base and the English media. And I think it's fair to say he did
2: that. Yeah, absolutely. Nine saves per the match. He did. He, he won it for them. Mm. Um, and yeah, he, the, the, he doesn't get much respect in England. That's what you're saying. I think he was yeah. poor at Chelsea. Mm. Pretty, you know, not confident at all. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's gone to Real Madrid and now he's won, a, you know, of the Champions League. And and the league is La Liga as well. So in that one year, so it's brilliant. Mm. For them absolutely. Uh, unlucky for Liverpool, but I still think it's an amazing uh, season.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it, yeah. I mean, it has to be spoken about, I guess. Like, they were chasing the quadruple Liverpool. um ultimately only ended up with the two domestic cups, lost the two big ones. Not that the Premier League was ever in their hands, but I think the Champions League is the one that they wanted to win. Um, I mean, we spoke about this on the last podcast, um, but would you, Mitch, would you, I'll ask you again, would you say it's been a successful season for Liverpool?
1: So, you know, I was going to say, let's play guess who game. Yeah. <laughs> so this this is it. Okay. Would you be happy if you had zero wins against the teams in the top four?
0: Uh, can I twist that around? No, no,
1: losses? no. It was a yes or no question. Did you? You had zero wins against top four. You're happy?
0: Yeah, I'll be happy.
1: Okay, you scored zero goals in three cup finals. Yeah, yeah I, I get, I get where you're coming from. What's going on? in no, you know, on a, not taking the mic as I, as you know, I am right now. What's going on in the big games? Because yeah. they, they're unable just to find that that last hint. And that's what Klopp was brought in for because he was going to along well with the players. He mm. was really good at getting everyone up for a big match. What's changed this year? Because yeah. you had two, two cup finals, both went to penalties, and, and you won on them, and that's what you were there to do. That's no issues there. Mm. But you played the top four, couldn't get any points against them. What, <laughs> what's going in those big games? Well, not any points because we know they get a point for a draw. but You, you couldn't got two points
2: them. against Tottenham there, mate, so don't worry. <laughs> Well, I'll answer your first question about the
0: top four. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's... Um, obviously, it's not good to not win any games against the top four, but over a course of the season, do you really need to win the games against the big teams? It's, it's all about the points you conjure up. So, I mean, you could beat every other side in the Premier League twice and, you know, that will just about guarantee you the title and that's pretty much what Liverpool did. They still got 90 plus points and in mostly any other season in the history of English football that probably wins you, you know, the title. So and yeah, they didn't win they didn't win a game um, against the top four sides, but they also didn't lose a game. So I mean, if, if if Liverpool did win the title, you no one would be talking about those games against the top four and plus City, City still weren't able to beat Liverpool as well. And we also played them in a, in a semi-final in the FA Cup and beat them 3-0 in the first half um, for a couple of consolation goals, you know, brought it back to 3-2. And, yeah, in terms of not scoring in the, um, in the Cup finals, yeah, it, it's, it's disappointing. I'll, I'll argue and say that Liverpool have never really played a good final, to be honest, even against Tottenham, the one they won a couple of years ago in the Champions League. I don't think that was Liverpool's best display. I think that was a pretty average uh, cup final, and Al will probably agree. Um, so I don't, I don't think we've ever played like a, a good final clock. to be honest, and to not score three uh, in th- three of them this season, it's concerning. I think they lack a. Um, I mean, we're lucky to still be able to take two out of the three, which is pretty amazing considering we didn't kick a goal. But um, yeah, I think I think what Liverpool need is a striker, someone in those moments that you can, you know, when when the game's deadlocked, um, there's not much room for the wingers to run and create. You need someone big, tall who can just, you know, get your goal in those in those moments, like a Benzema type or even a Harry Kane type. I think Liverpool have lacked that um, over the last couple of seasons. So hopefully they get there. But I, I'd still consider it a successful season. I don't, I don't think they put much wrong. To only lose four games over a course of the season. It's a pretty remarkable effort, it has to be said.
2: You talk about it's, it's two weeks away from winning the quadruple. It's all fine margins. Mm. Uh You won two. And that's it's basically a question and a pub quiz, isn't it, that one? What What club won two cup finals without scoring a goal?
0: Yeah. It's
2: unheard of, really. Um
0: In 120 minutes each as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I... It's it's a so i going back to your question, uh, Mitch. I mean, you obviously don't think it's a successful
1: season for Liverpool, I'm guessing. You won two trophies. That's <laughs> that's what you've that's 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 two more than you know a lot of other clubs have. So yeah, looking then you can't take them, take it away from them. But I think at this point, I mean, you just got to look at the players' faces on the bus. And yes, it was 24 hours after or you know 48 hours after. But Mm -hmm. that sums it up. And to be honest with you, I also think it's really rough on the players. You've just lost the Champions League final. Now get on a bus and celebrate two trophies you won halfway through the year. It looks like they were loving it, though.
2: Yeah, I I think they need to celebrate the season. I think it's been an amazing season. It's fine margins. They could have easily, on another day, won that game against Real Madrid 3-1. We know Courtois, he was was phenomenal. He's not going to play a game like that again, probably. Mm. Um, but as you said, Mitch, it's 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 cup finals. This is what happens mm. against any other
0: goalkeeper in the world. I reckon Liverpool probably win that game. To be honest, that might be my bias talking, but that just shows how good Courtois was. And and they and clubs do celebrate FA Cup victories. So I mean, just because Liverpool lost the cup final uh, the other day doesn't mean they shouldn't celebrate what they already won as well.
1: Oh yeah. no, no, not shouldn't have celebrated, but give the give the players a few days just to actually get through the emotion of what actually just transpired
3: yeah
1: i just think that's a it's a hell of a way to you know and you probably have let's be honest yeah and i think you're lucky in terms of you lost not because of one of your players making an error but a great game from another player from a position player but you know you could have had some pretty sour fans in there shouting out things if it had been the other way which which wouldn't have been ideal but obviously that's not what trans, you know, that's not what transpired. So that's irrelevant. But it's yeah, yeah I think it's one of those things.
2: Mm. I'll tell you what, if you look at both Champions League finals, Real Madrid, Liverpool, it's a game of two, two keepers, isn't it? One had a blinder and the other, what's his face? What's his name?
1: <laughs>
2: Allison. No, no, no. The last
1: Oh, Carius. Um, uh, oh, oh, you're talking... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Complete yeah. Opposing. <laughs> situations but i mean like you you know you lost it with with your own keeper there and then kind of lost it this time with
0: why goalkeepers are worth the money they're paid you know spending big money on a keeper can win you those sorts of games so yeah unfortunately allison came a year too late (laughs) but another factor about that game uh off the field was the crowd chaos and al i want to ask you this do you feel there is a negative bias towards English fans amongst Europe and you know the police forces and all that especially after what happens uh, in
2: Euro, Euro 2020? Yeah there is I think but there's <laughs> kind of two sides to it really. Mm. why the Euro 2020 was, was so bad. I mean people were jumping the fences trying to get in, jumping through the you know turnstiles going through the, you know, the crowd and everything it was really bad. It was a poor show of, um, of what, basically what England hooliganism was back in the 80s, right? Mm. Um, we've seen it in France before as well with, with you know, chairs being thrown, fireworks being set off in the street. They get a bad rap for sure, 100%. But I think what happened over the weekend, it just, you know, there are opposing stories. You don't you know, who do you believe really? But, you know, a lot of, a lot of my friends were saying they, they, had, they had tickets. They weren't fake tickets. Um, and they were there with their kids. They couldn't get in the ground and they were stuck for an hour and a half or whatever, stuck um, outside the ground, getting pushed, getting shoved by. There were so many people there. That that's yeah. why they had to climb fences. Yeah. They're getting pepper sprayed. You know, tear oh, gas. Yeah. They've got to open the gates. They've got to open the turnstiles. They didn't do that. Yeah. it was
0: disgusting and the the thing that annoyed me the most was um, I guess the officials uh, saying that the game was delayed because of um, late arrivals of fans which is just total rubbish because I mean like the story you just told about uh, your mates getting there an hour and a half before the game, there's been other ones about people waiting for two and a half to three hours just waiting outside and why Why lie? Why put it on the fans? I think that's disgraceful on UEFA's behalf. And yeah, I, I guess it's it's. My, I might be going a little bit too far, but next time the, the Super League gets thrown around again, which is inevitable, maybe people won't be so kind to UEFA, especially the fans. I think they lost a lot of supporters on that.
2: I think it's some of the players that came out said as well their families couldn't get in. Yeah. He said that, you know, they, they had trouble. Jason McAteer came out and said he he got his family got mugged and then couldn't get into the, the ground. You know, these yeah. are you know, they're not gonna have fake tickets, are like, they? <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah, I, I heard that as well about a few a few French locals um, going around pickpocketing, uh carrying knives with them, slashing people's bags and pockets, stealing tickets. Yeah, it's it's ugly scenes, really ugly. Um, yeah. Did you have anything to say on that, Mitch?
1: Look, I, I won't go into that because I think we've covered all the points that need to be said on that note. Like, I, I agree. I think UEFA have got a lot to answer for and it's going to make it interesting next time there's a big a big cup final um, that's, you know, UEFA ran. So I think they've got a lot to answer for and they won't say anything. They'll just sit back and, and let it wait till it gets swept under the rug because inevitably it will because that's how it happens um, every time and Qatar's around the corner and that will take all the headlines. So we'll, you know, we'll forget about this, you know, this time next year because there'll be another six things that go wrong. Um, But just on late arrivals um, something that I know we all saw the good old bus company, Nick, how do you feel about that? Can you see the funny side of it now?
0: why I think I've missed. I've missed this. What are you? What are you talking about?
1: You've surely not missed this. Al, I know. Al, I can see by the way Al is smiling, and I reckon Al's the man to take you through this. Because if you, if I say it, you just you won't believe me. You'll just think it's another thing I've made up. You'll go, oh, that's your favourite headline because you're a closet City fan. Al, t- tell Nick what happened.
2: It's a good story. Yeah. So I, I didn't post it, but um apparently the uh, Everton fans, the Toffee set up a fake company called. Um, Coach Innovations Limited to bring a few of the Liverpool fans to you know take them to Paris for the Champions League final. Oh no! But obviously the bus driver didn't turn up. The bus driver Richard Arlison. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Anyone actually fall for that? Please tell me they they did. Apparently they did. Never turn up, and they they missed the final. So you've got people going in, literally. Posting, posting on Twitter, posting on, on Insta. Meant to be picked up at 4pm at the Rocket Pub Liverpool by a coach catered by Coach Innovations. It's now 10.30 and still nothing. Trip to Paris, ruined, now off home instead. No communication from the company. And there are photos of them. I mean, it might not have been that many. Obviously, it's like a coach, how many coaches went out, but it's, uh, it's a good story. It's quite a funny one.
1: The highlight for me was the fact that Rich Allison changed his name on Twitter to <laughs> Richard Allison.
0: I can't believe I've missed it. Missed that one. I can't believe I've missed it. That is both, I mean, that, that's top banter, I won't lie, but that's also very sad on the poor supporters who couldn't get to France after they spent $500 on a ticket. But wow, that is
2: that's pretty funny, I have to admit. <laughs> they, they wouldn't have allowed it, they wouldn't have got in anyway, but they would have missed half of the game. <laughs> that's unbelievable.
0: Um, another unbelievable thing, uh, moving on to the other final that was played today, Nottingham Forest over Huddersfield Town. Um, one 0 win. Uh, they've promoted back to the Premier League Forest for the first time in 23 years it's good to see them back but of course this result wasn't decided without a bit of controversy a couple of VAR calls um, denying Huddersfield a penalty um, yeah I mean did did either of you boys catch the game Mitch I know you were uh, excited
1: to see Forrest get promoted I'm just excited to get another tip correct to be honest with you um, <laughs> I love getting things right um, don't put any money on it which I've really got to get better at doing but that's fine look it's another tip right and we, we move on. Uh, no, look, it, it's good to see them back after, you know, 23 years um, outside of the Premier League. It, I never feel great about the teams that get promoted through playoff matches because realistically, if you couldn't finish towards the, you know, on top, you're really going to struggle, aren't you? Um, yeah. You know, they had players, uh, James Garner, who's uh, on loan from Manchester United. Apparently he's one of the players that uh, Eric wants to recall to the squad. So, you know, you're ripping out a midfielder straight away. Um the clubs are just going to take what they want from the Nottingham as they come up and Nottingham will have to take some cash to, you know, build on upon the squad they've got. But mm. I think it's going to be one of those cases where we'll celebrate them being up and, you know, it's a great achievement for them. But how long for becomes a question. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good
0: point. I mean, where Tottenham came... Uh, Tottenham, what did I say? Tottenham. Uh, Nottingham, where they came from, from early in the season uh, in September, I think they were lingering in the relegation zone or around there, and then obviously Steve Cooper comes in and um, they have a massive turnaround and now they're promoted um, promoted back to the Premier League. But like you said, um, I mean, not many playoff finalists, I think, survived uh, their first season in the Premier League, but uh, Brentford did. So, Al, I'll ask you this. What do Forest need to do to uh, stay up in their first year in the top floor?
2: Uh, well, they've got a good manager, as you said. So he's got a very experience. So you just never know. I mean, if, if they... I mean, any of the, the three going up, right? Mm. So you've got Fulham and Bournemouth as well. Um, they've been there, done it. Forest have been there for 23 years. As you said, they've got all that history. You kind of think, you know, they, they should hopefully buy some good players from maybe from the lower leagues, keep them, you know keep them up. Uh, yeah. Will they stay up? Who knows? I mean, it's it's hard to say. Yeah. You know, they came up more often than they actually in the, in the league. Yeah. So, it all
0: depends on their summer of spending, I guess. How much are they willing to spend? And, yeah, I mean, are they really as good as, you know, what the second half of the season made out to be? Or are they really uh, – or, you know, did they overachieve? Because, you know, they were – um, at the bottom end of the table. So it'll be an interesting season for well,
3: Forest.
1: Not only were they at the bottom end, they, they after seven games, they'd only, they had one point mm. after seven matches. So they really did everything right to win the season. But one, a lot of mental strength to do that. So you go, well, okay, they're a mentally strong team. They can probably last the Premier League season. But these teams they've got to keep up with now are on a different level. I mean, yeah. we, we saw the, the way... Liverpool played against um, Real Madrid on the weekend. If they replicate that up against any other team in the Premier League, it's it's a it's not a nice time. So it's going to be a long year for whoever comes up, and it always is. Mm. But best of luck to them. That you know they're going to be excited. So it's, it's a historic club to come back in. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, they'll they add heaps to the Premier League. They've got so much history. The City brand as well is, you know, it's got it's full of atmosphere and. Um, yeah, I think it's the Premier League will definitely be better for it having them in there. So definitely a, a season to look forward to. But the last day of the season is something we need to talk about uh, before we start looking on to next season. And Al, your boys uh, Tottenham got the job done, like I predicted. I, I told you not to worry. 5-0 um, in the end. So over Norwich and your boys will be playing Champions League next year
2: great, great result, and I should have had. I had a zero faith, didn't I? Uh, then we've had the obviously topsy turvy season, but it's been you know the last few games have been fun, 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 fantastic. Conte's mm. coming in, done that, like, done the job to get them from into that position as well. And yeah, to, uh, the Gooners, the Scum at the end, which was was a, an incredible team performance, mm. um, and. Yeah, I think they deserve it. Actually, in the end, yeah, no, one, right. one game uh, more than Chelsea. you Came third. Yeah, um, true. And they had a very good goal difference as well. Some good goals, some great goals to finish off. Uh, we talk about Son getting the the golden boot, mm. uh, sharing it with Mo Salah. But some of those goals, especially in the last, you know, last game, uh, you know, if you watch those uh, again, that second one was a cracker, Worldly. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy, and I, I've just got to have a bit more faith. It was, uh, it was actually Arsenal who were Spursy this year. Well, um, uh, it
0: gives you a lot of hope for next season, I reckon. I, I probably have Tottenham as um, a title contender next year. If you know, if Harry Kane stays, if Son stays, which I'm sure he will, but Kane's the big one, I think. And I think Conte is capable of bringing some silverware to Spurs. So. Yeah, interesting. Maybe I'm just getting a bit ahead of myself, but I think yeah, if Kane, if Kane's there, you guys would be a threat. In all honesty,
2: a silverware would be good. I mean, a League Cup, FA Cup, those two massive trophies for us. Anyway, uh, would be pretty good. Um, I mean, oh, that Champions League final, bit of a run there would be cool as well. Uh, but I think yeah, if they get backed, I think there's a bit of money coming in. That's what they said. Yeah, um, they've already got. Potentially Fraser Forster is number two backup, which is a good backup for uh, mm-hmm. He'd be a Pretty decent player. Yeah, um, and then Ivan Perisic as well is potentially coming over as well. But I mean, he's he's fairly. I wouldn't say he's old. He's not my age, but um, <laughs> I'm getting up there. Like, he's a he's a born winner, isn't he? So I'll be happy with him. at,
1: at have yeah. He'll be, he'll be good for those he probably will be good for those cup games because he's 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 33 so he' 34 next season it's he's not going to run around every week back to back to back he's not going to be able to play you know the two or three games a week so but it'd be good to add that bit of experience when you're playing those early early stage cup games and even you know your big bigger matches in the league that's where you' probably rely on him more yeah I'd say anyway
2: yeah definitely it goes against the the policy though we always used to just buy you know, try and sell on those those players that are under twenty seven. Mm. Uh, but apparently, we're going to get rid of Bergwijn, Um which is which is disappointing. But he hasn't played many games this season. Mm. I think it's one of those for,
3: for
0: Perisic. I think it's just one of those signings where you can bring him in. He can help drive standards. Um, obviously, you guys are going to be playing European football next season. He'll come in handy in those um, in those knockout games, in all the cup games, um, like Mitch said. And I mean, Conte knows who to bring in. I think he's got pretty pretty good understanding, having come from Italy. He's obviously worked with him, so you've got to back in. You got to back in Conte. He knows who he wants, and he has got the two right um, from January uh, with Kulusevski and um, Benton Kerr. So.
2: Cooler sexy, cooler sexy. He <laughs> probably the signing of the season. I'm just putting it out there again. I'm being pretty biased here, but I, you know, from You've the been up there, scored, it, scored a few goals, a few assists,
0: you know. Yeah, no, definitely. And still a young player as well. So, 22 now. I see he could be a big one next year for sure. Um, Mitch Manchester City leaving it late, but. In the end, it was a pretty good title race, it has to be said. Um I, I guess what, what's that now for Pep Guardiola? Four trophies, four Premier League titles in five years. I mean, is he would you put him up there with Sir Alex Ferguson as one of the one of the best to ever grace the Premier League?
1: He's a very good manager, but I want to see a bit more from him still, to be honest with you. Like he, he's gonna continually set records with that city squad because it's a fantastic squad and you've got to be, you've got to be out of manager and that's, you know, a key thing you can have as many superstars as you want in your team. But it, it takes a good manager to actually get a lot out of them. Um, and I know we, you know, I'm not saying these players are superstars by any means, but if you look at the players at United, you wouldn't assume they'd finish where they joined in the ladder. Uh, mm. So as far as I'm concerned, you really need to have a good manager there. And so you can't, everyone's going to say, yeah, but he has hundred million. Look at his squad. Well, he's actually got to have the ability to coach them and for them to listen because mm. players, especially once they're getting paid that much, they don't care. They just, you know, if they don't like you, they won't play for you. They won't work for you. So he's doing something right. But yeah, they left it late. Um, one thing that I actually really liked, and it's a little thing, but if you look at the final against Real Madrid, where he probably lost that was making subs too early. And that that cost him everything because they just like, they had nothing to really attack with after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we saw this week, oh, not this week, but last week, Man City, when they made those subs, every single one of those players he brought on were involved. So whether it was Gundogan with two goals, or Zinchenko with an assist and Sterling with an assist. So, mm. you know, that's, for me, backed himself to make a sub and for it make a difference. And those players came on and did exactly that. So you can't ask much more from a from a coach or nor players to come on the pitch and fulfil their jobs, really. But I think it's a very good City team. They left it late, but they're always going to be too strong. They just, they know how to score. Mm. Yeah. 2-0
3: up,
2: though. You're 2-0 up with oh, oh, 77 minutes. How can you lose that game?
1: Well, Gerrard's very good at slipping. So he's passed that down. And I don't know if we can blame Gerrard for that. <laughs> well, he was the coach on the other side. So we would have if City had lost we would have we would have blamed Pep. So all I'm doing is just passing on the blame. And yes. Gerrard slipped. 2-0. slip game. 2-0. I was speaking to my mate
0: who was a City supporter and at half time um, when it was 1-0 he's like I don't see us uh, scoring a goal, let alone scoring two. And then when, you know, Coutinho scores the second to make it 2-0 and with the whole history of, you know, Coutinho being a Liverpool supporter and the whole fairy tale, you know, him winning the title for Liverpool... I thought that was it. I'm like, you popped high. the
1: champagne. We know you'd popped your bottle of champagne. Pop- you'd already I- had. you already impressed <laughs> it on your Facebook post and your Instagram post and your Twitter post and your LinkedIn post and your whatever else you had set up ready to go, mate. It, uh, it, it,
0: the champagne was on standby. Yes, I wasn't really. I hadn't popped it because I think at the time Liverpool was still one all with Wolves, so we still needed a goal. But uh, I mean, how how can you how can you I guess drop it from two 0 up with how long to go? 14 minutes and they lose it in
1: five minutes. City, City are on the same boat against Real Madrid. They dropped everything. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's it's still one. It's in the end, that's football. Like you can never, you can never, nothing's guaranteed in football. The team that should technically win doesn't always win. And that's that's what that's what keeps it interesting. And that's why it makes people watch it and want to watch it. And even when it's nil all, it's still exciting because it could literally change on a dime. Yeah, you know, from a player even slipping over. It just anything can happen. That's why
0: we love it. Yeah, it's true. And I, I don't, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen this many Manchester City supporters come out and be as chirpy as they were after the final day. They were coming out of their holes, under their rocks, um, giving Liverpool all this stick. And we spoke about um, before about, you know, whether or not Liverpool's season was... Um, like a fail because they only won two out of the four trophies. But I think many people forget as well that Manchester City were 10 minutes away from having a trophy last season. And although they did win it, uh, win the Premier League, I think they probably would have much preferred to be Liverpool's shoes at the time with the Champions League final coming up and having two trophies in the bank. Maybe it's my bias but that's just my opinion. I think, as, as chirpy as they were about winning the Premier League title, I still think they wish they were in Liverpool's boots.
1: But I think if you offered any manager the Premier League or the FA Cup, you can have, mate, you can have the Premier League. Or I'm going have the chair. Wait for it. I'll give you the World Club Championship. Because like, <laughs> we'll throw to them. We'll just give that to Liverpool anyway. It doesn't matter. We'll give you the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup. Which one do you want? No manager, no club, no player in the world is ever going to say, Tell you what, I've always won the Carabao Cup. Well, it's not the Carabao Cup, it's the Champions League. They're, that's the
0: one that's eluded Pep Guardiola and Manchester City. It's eluded City, City it. not Pep. Pep's got it. Well, he wants to win it at Manchester City. That's why they brought him in. That's why they've spent as much money as they have and they're going to spend another 100-odd on
2: Haaland, so, you know. It, you nailed it there. They've got a lot of money, haven't they? They've yep. have so much money they should be winning everything. <laughs> Yeah, well, so uh, New,
1: but Newcastle should be winning everything in that Like, If you've still got to have the manager, yeah, you've got to have the manager to do it and to actually guide those players because you look at PSG, they've got more money than everybody and they they struggle,
2: but they got the wrong players in, they're getting all these superstars that really play together. No, they don't want to hold hands. You, you, you are the 100%, mate, but I mean, you know, you've got to get them, you've got to make them gel. Uh, we'll see you next year with Haaland. Mm. But oh. I saw something a quote the other day, Diego Forlan know him, Man United. <laughs> um, Uruguayan player, yeah. Uh, he used to play for United, played for United for four years. He, he came out, he was saying the other day, he didn't even know there was another team in Manchester when he played. So, Ouch. you look at the rise from Man City, what they've come up with, and they've done it because predominantly because of the cash injection. Mm.
1: But if you look at it like, and this is probably half the thing, like, I don't see City, and I know they're they practically are bigger than United at the moment. Um, but I don't see them as a, a true rival because of how quick that rise is. And I can guarantee there's more United fans out there that would see, like, I don't want to see Liverpool win. I don't want to see Liverpool win more than I don't want to see City win. I couldn't give a shit if City, like, and, that, and they play nice football and I enjoy watching it. But I'd rather see Liverpool lose than Man City, yeah. purely on the basis of uh, there's more of a rivalry there for me against Liverpool than there is against you know uh, City, even though City are literally next door.
0: I find that absolutely staggering. If it wasn't, like Gundogan said, he came out after they won the title and said, Liverpool are the reason Manchester City are so good. If it wasn't for Liverpool, this league wouldn't be as exciting and it wouldn't be what it is. And he gave credit and although, you know, I know a lot of supporters uh, hate Liverpool, uh, despite what uh, Pep Guardiola has to say about that. But I'd wouldn't you rather an exciting title race and going down to the wire and you know? No, I'm i all for that. All for that. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm more personal. Like on a more personal level, I have more of a rivalry against Liverpool than I do City on the basis of there's no his, there's no historical rivalry.
2: That's it. There's no history, and we go back to Diego Ford point. There's, the history hasn't been there, right? So the Reds, it's always been United, Liverpool back in the 80s, 90s, you know, and now United think
1: they're up there. But they're not. I really hope there's no one at United that thinks they're up there. Well,
0: they're definitely not at the moment. And speaking of United, Ralph Ragnick, Mitch, Mm. he was meant to stay on for two years doing a consultancy role and they've thrown it out the window and told him to get lost. I don't know what's going on, but I'm hoping you're able to fill me in. Mitch, I'm hoping you're happy with that
1: but nothing my dream scenario in this the way I imagine this playing out and the way I think is the best of it playing out is that Eric walked in goes this is the way I want to do it this is what I want to do and Ralph turned around and said look I'm not so sure that's the right way and United went you know what we've just brought Eric in as our head coach we're going to back him and give him every bit of backing that he needs to have the confidence to go out there and make the decisions he's going to make because there'd be nothing worse in his job than him already being undermined by Ralph, who technically would be his, I guess, boss in that situation. And then knowing that the board is then going to go, well, we're paying Ralph to be a director and he doesn't think you're right. So you're gone. So in my head, I'm hoping that it's purely Eric's had a, has an idea of what he wants to do and it's different to what Ralph wanted. And the board go, you know what, we've got to back. We've actually got to do what we haven't done in the past since Sarah left and back the man that we're giving the actual job to. And I hope that it starts with a bit of backroom stuff as well. But I, I just think I'm hoping it's that backed him and they're backing him 100% and saying, because there's no point saying you've got a 10-year contract because that's fine. We'll just fire you and pay you out. We've seen clubs do that every week. But if they're backing him on this level, I think that's important to see. And that means his decisions must be what's going to count. And any, you know, we're not seeing any double decisions effectively.
3: Okay. Well,
0: that makes sense. But correct me if I'm wrong. I just want to make sure I have this correct. So, Ralph Ragnick comes in on a pretty good deal. You know, he coaches for six months and then stays on for another two years. You know, it's a pretty good job for him. He comes in, does his coaching, whatever, chooses the manager next to come in at Manchester United, um, who he thinks will be best. And Ten Hag comes in and then kicks Ragnick, Ragnick out of the club. Is that pretty much what happened?
2: Who knows? I mean, you, can't, you can't really say that he he came in. It maybe he didn't have uh, have that choice. Maybe they they were talking about. Maybe he thought Pochettino was the right man, or Conte. <laughs> no, um, but maybe he didn't have a choice. Maybe 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 they kind of spoke to him and and I, I yeah totally agree with Mitch. I think Ten Hag, he's his own man. He needs to come in and and
1: yeah, you know, got his his team, his own team. Why do you need someone else in there? No, and that's the thing. And look, it could have been as simple as that, Nick. Oh, and, and maybe he did want another manager and he didn't get the manager that he wanted in there to work with. And that could be it. But you know what I also don't think that if that's the reason, even better, because that says that Eric clearly is going to be strong in what he wants. And and he's not going to say no. If he doesn't, if they say no, he'll go, fine, then I'll walk away. And you know what? That's maybe what United need is that real firm person. And I can't talk from what he was like at Ajax. It's a very different system at Ajax in terms of the players they bring in, because now he's certainly got a lot of egos to deal with. but from more reports and from everything we've seen early on, he's happy to work with Ronaldo. There's already a few players from, you know, reports that have been told they they should be moving on. So it's good. If he's going to start with a clean state, do it properly. And, you know, I don't mind if it costs us a year of poor results. If mm-hmm. that you're telling me in the 20, what, 2023, 2024 season, we're going to see a United team that's actually gelling, that actually wants to play and wants to be there because that's what needs to happen. They, they can't have another year of, Average or you know inconsistent results and no plan that you can visibly see. If there's a plan in place, I think every United fan will be content with that. Yeah,
0: well, that's, I mean, that's what Sir Alex Ferguson did when he came. He you know comes into the club. He sees that their academy was poor. They couldn't even bring in the best talents into United um, from the local area from their local zone in Manchester. The the transfers are. Uh, past managers hadn't had control over that. So he wanted control of the club at each level. And like you said, um, it, needs, it needs to be a powerful figure who's, you know, who is able to come in and you know, make those changes and you know, get a real grip hold of the whole club. You, Pep Guardiola's done it, Klopp's done it. Um, that's how a team becomes successful. Conte, I think, is um, trying to do it. Um, or he's in the, you know, he's in the process of doing it. So, yeah, I think, yeah, you, you're probably spot on uh, with uh, Ten Hag and what he needs to do when he needs to come to Manchester United.
2: I honestly think Ralph he's probably, He's probably happy to go as well. I mean, he's been fairly critical of the club and, and mm. the players over the, over the last few months. Mm. I think he's come in done a actually done a pretty poor job. I think they've got actually got worse since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um in the dressing room. Yeah, that's it. So I don't, I actually don't, I think it's a great great decision. Yeah, you know, if he got pushed out or you, if he's leaving and they they just cancelled it or whatever. Um yeah, I think Ten Hagel looks pretty confident. And you've got to be happy for next, you know, confident for next year as long as they get the good players in and they get rid of those players that are Yeah. On a more brighter note, boys,
0: let's move on to our highlights of the season. Um, What we'll be doing uh, on every final podcast episode of the season. I want to hear from each of you, and I'll give mine as well, but I'll ask you, boys, first. Uh, We'll go with Al first. Your top three moments of the season. And I can probably guess what your first one is as well. What's
2: that one, maybe?
0: I reckon it might have something to do with uh, Son achieving these golden boot. Or oh, that maybe... would be
2: yeah, that would be one of them. I think a golden boot with uh, less penalties. But you anyway, know That's probably the next uh, segment anyway, <laughs> with no penalties. Shall I say? Um, but I'd say the first one, and again, I'm being biased, but is the moment for the season, and it's a very important moment for the season is Steven Bergwijn coming off the bench, I suppose with 2-1 down, 92nd minute, he comes in, scores scores the equaliser to make it 2-2, and then yeah. straight away pretty much from the kickoff, you know, in the 94th or 95th minute, he gets that winner. We get that three points. That three points went a long way, if you think about it, you know, the end of the season. Uh, so that's, yeah, one of the moments. Yeah. Um, one of the other moments is probably sorry, Mitch, it's probably Man United losing three three games. Um more than four <laughs> more than four goals. Um they you know they, they have never done you know they did that in the season, they've never done that in 810 Premier League matches before that. Um so what's what's happening there? Uh, but we just chatted about obviously Man United and what's happening next year. Um third moment. It's got to be. I know we probably spoke about it before. It's probably that end, you know, final day. It's just, yeah. It's just not just the Premier League title winners. It was the Champions League. It was the you know. We didn't. We haven't spoken about Burnley against. Sorry, Mitch. Um, Burnley leeds You're we saying Leeds were going to go down straight away. How they? How do they turn it around? Beating Brentford, you know, away from home. Yeah. And for Burnley to go down, I thought Burnley were looking really strong. Mm. They, yeah, I mean,
0: a few weeks ago, they were the team that were getting results as opposed to Everton and Leeds. They were the ones dropping it. But, I don't know, Mitch might have a better understanding, but it just seemed to fall apart for them in those last couple of weeks. Oh,
1: and... Just They just didn't, they don't have the team, they don't have the... That look, they just don't have the resources, the players to get that job done. Unfortunately, and that's a reality. Like I just, you know, you can say, oh, maybe they should have, shacked, should I have sacked Sean Dyche earlier, but again, I don't think that makes a difference. I, I, just, you're looking at a man that never had a budget in that team. Yeah. So what, what did you ever want him to do? If, if you know, if any other coach had looked at those books and gone, yeah, we, we'll, uh, you're going to have the same, you know, twenty-three or thirty players of players in your squad like they they wouldn't have stayed up for as long as Burnley did. And I think that the result, you know, you have to sit back and go, you know what, they've they've done spectacularly and just take for what it is. And it's a shame Burnley have gone down, but I don't see them bouncing back up straight away either. Mm. Which is also not ideal just due to some financial strength uh, trouble they're in. These things happen. It's football. Be interesting to see what goes what goes on next to that club because there's a few players as we spoke about last week on the pod that will definitely be taken. Mm. And they need to sell just to obviously clear that bottom line a little bit. So it's going to be an interesting transfer window, I think, for Burnley to see what they actually do to survive. And mm. if they try and hold on to any of these players.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Um, and on that note, what's your uh, top three moments of the season? Highlights instead of lowlights.
1: I absolutely love the fact that Al brought up the final day because I wanted to actually mention Leeds and the fact that they stole in the 94th minute because that's... Yeah. That's phenomenal. That's, and as we, this is going to be the the most resounding comment from the whole entire podcast. It's football. That Mm. excitement, that joy, you won't find in any other sport because the game should have been over. (laughs) That's it. Close the door, end of the season, moving on. But, you know, the 94th minute to do that is just, just superb. I think for me, that's massive. Um, The other big one for me, and, you know, it's probably a more sentimental thing and emotional side of things Christian Eriksen, his comeback. And not only did he come back in and, you know, just play football, he actually dominated. He, he was the big reason that Brentford team turned their season around yeah. and, you know, started picking up those wins and, and really gelled as a team. So I look forward to seeing where he ends up next season. And, you know, I'd love, I think it would be a nice story if he repays the faith that Brentford showed in him and he stays there and, and finishes his career where it's another one or two seasons out there, but it'd also be nice to see him go to a, a club that will be competing in Europe, that you can play those FA Cup games, you can play those Carabao Cups and you know have a chance at winning something as well. Mm. But we'll see how that ends. And you know what, Nick, I don't give you much credit, I don't give Liverpool much credit. <laughs> um, and this was goal of the season, and, and that's why I'm actually gonna pay it for me. It was a it was a highlight because no one else brought me much joy. Yeah. But that Salah goal was phenomenal. And the fact that it was pretty much back to back the same goal. Yeah, um, week on week is just that is incredible that yeah. to have that ability um, yeah, to do that and to then do it again to prove it wasn't a fluke is is phenomenal so I'll put down those two you're not allowed to comment on that and that's my ruling because <laughs> I can't, we can't sit here and go on for Liverpool for another time no
0: ten. no I'll be as I'll be as neutral as I've probably ever been on this podcast with my top three I'm going to put in the final day as my number one because like you boys both touched on it was uh, I mean, it was the perfect ending to the season on on all fronts for the title, for the um, top four, for the relegation battle. Uh, my number two is going to be Everton's win over Crystal Palace to keep them, to secure their safety in the Premier League. I just think that was, I mean, yeah, Everton competing, I mean, for survival alone was Probably one of the biggest stories of the Premier League season alone and the scenes after they survived. It shows how much it meant to the city. So that's definitely uh, one of the biggest moments of the season. And three, um, I'll try to go something different, but another big story for the season, I think, was the whole Newcastle takeover. And then once that happened, the whole turnaround of the club, they were obviously on the bottom of the ladder Um Bottom bottom of the table. Uh, Winless after, I mean, they were winless up until December, weren't they? And then, yeah, they managed to finish 11th, which is um, huge for them. So now the build continues to the top, and it's going to be something to keep an eye on over the summer. So, yeah, they're an interesting topic, the Maggies. And Mitch, you predicted that as well. You were supporting them all the way.
1: And Eddie Howie Trust in Eddie Howie. We... I was gonna make that one of my other things. And I'm like, no, I'll cop too much about that. I'll just leave it <laughs> off. Well, actually, on that note, who is your manager of the season? Not the person that got the award, I'll tell you that much. No. No, it was did he he didn't win a manager of the month award? And I know that means nothing, but he didn't win one of those. Pep won two. Pep actually won the Premier League. I just yeah. I don't. I don't just see how it could be anybody else. I think they just look at it from the romantic viewpoint mm. um, of it all. But if you look on pure statistical basis, I just.
0: Well, I well, I mean, he lost the least amount of games. He played the most amount of games across all competitions. It's Premier League, it's Premier in, League, in
1: Premier League.
0: Oh, yeah, true. It's um, the
1: Premier League, so we can't take into account all the cups.
0: They but did lose the game at home all season.
2: You didn't say the Premier League, though, did you? Or was, it's definitely the Premier League we're talking about. Uh we'll talk about Premier League, I guess. I was going to go for Carlo Ancelotti, but anyway, sorry. <laughs>
1: that, and a very fair shout. Beat, beat every. He Carlo Ancelotti beat every team. Uh, the winner of every top five Europe European league. Yeah, beat, that's, beat yeah. That's beat Paris saint Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a man that knows
2: how team. to win. <laughs> team of the season. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Nick. You were saying.
0: No, yeah, no, we forgot to touch on that about Ancelotti before. How he, I mean, they'll deserve winners' real, I guess. Um, with um, <laughs> it has to be said, like you said, PSG they beat, they beat Chelsea, they beat Manchester City. They probably had the hardest run to the finals, and then obviously beating Liverpool in the final. Uh, no step was easy for them, so it's a good point, but yeah, we'll probably have to keep it to the Premier League. So, is there anyone else, Al?
2: Um,
0: well, Mitch, did you have one? Did Pe- you end up saying one?
3: Pep?
2: Yeah, well, Pep. Pep yeah, and Klopp, yeah. obviously, with with what happened, the two best teams in the league by far. Mm.
1: And then on the other side of it, if you go looking at it, you can go, well, there's a case to be made for the difference that Eddie Howe made because Newcastle would have finished, I think, second. I was going to say Eddie Howe when he took over so there's a massive case for that and again we'll we'll talk irrelevant of money you've still got to do the job
2: Mm. and yeah you look at others others as well you've got graham potter at brighton yeah Yeah. frank at brentford i mean they they just don't they don't have any money don't have any cash whatsoever
0: yeah and brighton achieved their highest points tally uh in the history
2: that's it you look at those 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 managers how good would they be if they if, if you know Man City came in for them, Liverpool came in for them?
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a fair point. It's a fair point. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's hard to separate. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Klopp. I think Klopp was the better man- manager. Um, Nuno. Nuno <laughs> well, Yeah, man. Nuno. He was pretty good in the. Few weeks that he was
2: at Tottenham, wasn't he? No, he, did. he won his first four games. He's mm-hmm. manager month, manager month, first first month, and <laughs> then he <Can't> got facts. <laughs> I'll
0: take points off Manchester City as well. That's it. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I think Cla- I think for Pep Guardiola with the side he's got, he should be winning it by more. He should be winning the league by more. I think they were up by fourteen points at one stage, Manchester City. And then they only ended up winning a bye point. So, I don't know. I think that turnaround for Klopp, they didn't lose a game in the Premier League in 2022 undefeated. So, maybe that's why they gave it to him. And, of course, I'm going to back that in. I think it was a great decision. Sorry, Mitch.
1: That's right, you've got to have one more trophy in that cabinet. Yeah, <laughs> You, you moved space to make for four and now you only have three. So we'll put clops in there too, it's fine. Well, I suppose you can go four if you can include sellers, but that was shared and a lot of penalties.
2: And the World Cup club trophy was Chelsea, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, Chelsea.
2: Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, we've got to give them a, At least they won something. They could have won three.
0: Yeah, they could have easily won three. Did they win the Super Cup at the start of the year as well? Or did they lose that?
2: Well, The charity shield.
0: Uh, the European Charity Shield. (laughs) You know, the European Super Cup Champions League winners versus Europa League winners.
2: I think they may have done,
0: yeah. I'm just quickly Googling it. Yeah, they won penalties against Villarreal. So, yeah, actually could have been four. Could have been a quadruple for Chelsea. Interesting. Yeah. And Tuchel, at the start of the season, we all thought Chelsea was going to be unstoppable. I remember I was talking about them saying they've got the best squad in Europe. Um, and how wrong I was. But on paper, it did look like that at the time with Lukaku and stuff. But for some reason it just didn't work out for them.
2: The complete striker who turned out to be a hoax. Um, yep. But also, they've had that off, off field problems, distractions. So, especially in the last few months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point as well. Yeah. Um, player of the season, boys.
1: Any shouts? Aside from Liverpool players or including? Whoever you want,
0: Mitch. The floor is yours.
1: Definitely <laughs> not any United players, let's be honest here. Um well, again, is that all right? Well, I mean, he turned up, I suppose, didn't he? got <laughs> a few few goals. He did, he did. He he managed to, you know, connect a few passes and and you know not press.
2: What about David David De Gea? I think David Ahea has
1: been the player like money latest player of the year for what the last five years, running or something. Again, when did Sir Alex Ferguson leave? And when did it all go downhill? <laughs> yeah. Probably every season. Every season since we actually had to rely on him and didn't have good defenders in front, I'd say. Um, but no, look, I, I think I look at it from a perspective of a player that impacts a team. And that, you know, there's a big difference between when this player is is fit and when this player is injured. And for me, yeah, fit Kevin De Bruyne will win you a lot of games and we will put you, keep you in matches. Mm. An unfit Kevin De Bruyne, you're under the pump. And that's what we saw from City. The games they lost, he wasn't fit or he was barely playing. The games they dropped points and he was, you know, same result. When he was fit in there, you just got to look at the difference he makes. He, he can find passes, he can shoot. You know, he had 15 goals and eight assists for the year in the Premier League. And yes, I know, not as good as Salas. It's okay. But... <laughs> the difference he makes in that outfit is phenomenal. And I'd question if City would be up as high as they are without him.
0: Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's a good point. Um, they, I don't think probably, they probably wouldn't have won the title if it wasn't for De Bruyne. But what, what I hate is that the City supporters are questioning why Klopp won manager of the year when De Bruyne wins it over Salah, um, when De Bruyne was pretty much non-existent in the first half of the season. Like, all, most of his assists and goals came in the second half of the season.
1: Oh, correct, correct, yeah. And, like, that's the thing. He wasn't there at the start. But the impact he made... Yeah. That's the part that's, that's, um, and it's on that merit. And, like, you know, we, we have the same case for Eddie Howe. He wasn't there at the start of the season. But the impact he made and the difference he made, that's why you can... Has a shout as that, you know, manager or player or... You yeah. know, of the year.
2: There was um, £90 million pounds that they spent in the January transfer window. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get Eddie, and I, I love that Eddie Howe. It's been brilliant. But um, my player of the season, I'm going to go for. Again, probably a bit biased. I'm going to go for Son
1: because he's a lovely guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a fair. That's a fair. Um, no, you can't argue that. You can't argue.
2: He shared the uh, the golden boot as well. Uh, yeah, with 23 goals, zero penalties, mm. um, and he got uh, quite quite a few assists. Him and Kane are at, what, 56 assists in the Premier League now? Yeah. Which is far better than any other other double act. Yeah. Um, So hopefully that continues next season. (laughs) Again, I'm pretty biased. I know I have to go for Son because he's been really, really good.
0: Yeah, no, it's another fair shout. 23 goals. Um, He definitely carried Spurs through uh, the rough patches in the season especially when Kane wasn't, you know, showing up. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a fair shout, Carried them to Champions League football. So it's, it's a worthy nominee. I obviously have to go Sola. Leading goals, leading assists. Was quite consistent across the course of the season. And let's not forget, he missed a few games as well from the AFCON. Um, so he played less games than a few others and also... I mean, playing those extra games at Afcon, uh, I think I mean it took a toll on him at the end. You could probably see his goal scoring dried up a bit. Um, probably ran out of gas, but um, you got to take into account that first side. The first half of the season he had was pretty remarkable. So um, yeah, I think that's a, it's an easy shout. But all worthy nominees, boys: De Bruyne, Son, Salah. They'd probably be my top three as well. So um yeah they're very worthy uh nominees for sure um and was there anything else to cover off we've covered off manager of the season player of the season big
2: shout out to my mate joe's oh true true yeah winning five european finals and five wins that is incredible and people say yeah he's passed it but he's terrible football. He's a dinosaur. He's not the special one. Um, yeah,
0: he did the job.
2: He's done well. It's Europa Conference League.
0: Yeah. And I don't think we'll probably ever see a manager who will win a title on all three levels of European football. He's won the Europa League, the Conference League, and the Champions League. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. I mean, yeah,
2: that'll be a hard feat to beat. Yeah. You're talking about Ancelotti, Mourinho. They're past it. They're old men now, but they've actually done a done a number on on your likes of Pep and Clock this year, really. Well, yeah. not Clock so much, or oh, oh, Guardia. I like not Mourinho. Sorry, but <laughs> you know, at least he's winning stuff. He's, he's, yeah, you know, final.
0: It's true. It's true. Well, Juventus yeah, didn't win anything
2: this year in Italy.
0: Italy. What's that? Sorry. And in a year where Juventus couldn't win anything as well in Italy uh, yep. across all four competitions. So, fortunately, we don't have Jimmy here to uh, uh, tell us about that season. But,
2: well, Milan winning it as well. And you, you, you can't yep. stand Milan as well. That's it. <laughs> Pretty poor, poor team, poor effort.
0: I don't think, I don't think, I don't hate, despite what Jimmy says, I don't hate AC Milan. No, no, no. I just think that Italian football at the moment is probably, uh, you know, a class or two less than what the Premier League is. And I I think I was proven right by what we saw in the Champions League, um, you know, with the early exits for Juventus getting knocked out by Villarreal, Milan not winning a point in their group stage and into getting knocked out in the round of 16. Um,
2: You've got Zlatan, Zlatan and Giroud. As um, you know, AC Milan's top goal scorers or whatever and they're Yeah. They're older than me if you combine them together. <laughs> and at a few years, yeah. And is that a good thing or a bad
1: thing? Well, I mean you still got it at four years old. Yeah. If it gets the job done, you can't you yeah. know you, how how could you knock it if and they're professionals. So that's the thing. They are professionals. So they'll be doing everything right. That they're, they're what the, you want the young players looking up to and training with. And that wealth of knowledge they have is they know how to win those tight games. They know how to keep calm in, you know, high pressure situations. Every football club needs those sort of players. They make a big difference. Yep.
0: Yep. yeah. Well, boys, I think that just about wraps it up. Uh, it wraps up the whole season. It's gone pretty quickly and it's been uh, fun dissecting it with you every single week. Um, we've gotten a lot of things uh, wrong and a lot of things right, but... I look forward to uh, doing it all again with you next season on the Offside Report. So uh, enjoy the off-season, enjoy the summer transfer window and uh, those international friendlies that are bound to come. So until next time uh, when we look to preview the Premier League season in a couple of months, um, enjoy,
3: enjoy your holiday, boys. Catch you next time. Thanks, guys. See you, guys.